Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. gospel this morning comes from one of the five discourses Jesus gives in Matthew. And the one that we have today, it's the third discourse actually, and it is referred to uh, by Bible scholars as the day of parables. On this day, Jesus actually presents several parables, seven or eight, depending on how you count. And besides the parables, he also discusses Uh, the use of parables and why they use parables and how parables are to be understood. Uh, Dodd, uh, a well-known Bible scholar, gives a very helpful description, actually, I think, of what a parable is. He says a parable is a metaphor, a simile, drawn from nature or common life, arresting the hearer by its vividness or strangeness, and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt of its precise application to tease it into active thought. I think that's pretty good description of a parable. One of the primary things that Matthew is dealing with in these parables of Jesus is the inexplicable rejection of Jesus by his own people. The very people that had longed and waited for him to come, who then rejected him when he came. That's a big part of what Matthew is dealing with here. The first parable in this group, which we didn't hear this morning, is the parable of the sower. And you remember in the parable of the sower, we have the four different soil types representing the different conditions of the human heart. Three out of the four will either reject or lose the kingdom. Only one type receives the word and bears fruit. Well, one out of four, that's a little discouraging. (laughs) Those are not good odds. Today's parable is of the wheat and the tares. Again, describing the mix of those who receive the kingdom and those who don't. The mixing of good and evil in the same field. This mystery of the Jews' rejection of Jesus was a very painful problem for early Christians. Something they wrestled with deeply. St. Paul dealt with it at length in his writings, and Matthew is addressing this here about 30 years after Paul had, you know, addressed it in the book of Romans. We sometimes forget that the Gospels are written much later than St. Paul's writings. While the particular rejection of Jesus by his own people may not be foremost on our minds in the 21st century, you know, rural Virginia fields, the problem of mixture of good and evil of acceptance and rejection, of piety and impiety. This mixture in society, in our family, in our church, in our community, even in our own selves. It's painful and it's difficult for us to live with. Sometimes we're shocked at it, angered 
discouraged, even to the point of giving up, when we so often encounter this unholy mixture in the field, in society, in our church, in our own hearts. It's a real problem. It's a real problem, and we all know that from our own experience, not to mention the fact that Jesus deals with this often and forcefully and explicitly, as do so much of the scriptures. I was noticing in our Psalms this morning, dealing with this very issue over and over again. I think it's probably correct, as many surmise, that it's this problem, this sort of problematic paradox of mixture in our experience in this world that becomes the excuse for so many people walking away from their faith. I say excuse and not a cause, because the cause is something else, lies much deeper, but it is an excuse. Well, Jesus anticipates this pretext of mankind wrestling with this problem of this mixture of good and evil in the world. And he makes a preemptive strike by addressing this in these parables and his other teachings. And he warns us by these parables saying, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. I've told you beforehand so that you won't be surprised, you won't be scandalized, you can be prepared. Now, him just telling us that doesn't remove the struggle. It doesn't remove the temptation to give up. But it does help us to persevere, knowing that he told us how things would be until the end of the age. At least it's supposed to help us to persevere. You know, if you came to me and said, Father, I have a passion to be a master blacksmith. And uh, I said, okay. Uh, and I told you, well, you know, you're going to have to be, prepare yourself to go through about five years of, five really hard years of humiliation and failure before you even begin to see much success. And then you get started in the first month, you're working along and you're shocked at how, how hard it is to do anything resembling any kind of skill. And at that point, you're either going to give up or you're going to remember what you were told and you're going to say, I was told this is exactly what would happen. And I'm going to persevere, believing that I'll master this skill. The same goes for anything that we do in this world. Our marriages, our ministries, being a Christian. I mean, we were invited to die on a cross. That's what it means to be a Christian. I'm often surprised by how surprised we are at the surprises of this strange and mixed life. We're struggling to navigate. And I mean that. It's really surprising. I mean, people come to confession, all of us come to confession, and we're shocked. We're shocked at the difficulties of life. I can't believe I'm going through this. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> I don't know what we expected. I mean, Jesus told us it would be this way. I want to just make a few, in light of all that has been said, a few Brief comments about today's parable. It begins, the kingdom of heaven is like. So this is a parable of the kingdom of heaven and of the church. 
The farmer sows wheat seeds in his field, but while he's sleeping, the enemy comes in clandestinely and secretly sows tares in among the wheat, and then he slinks off to watch, you know, to watch his, uh, his deed have effect. Now these tares, actually, it's a, it's a very specific thing these tares are. It's not just a weed. It's called darnel. It's a very specific weed, darnel. And it, it actually looks exactly like wheat, right up until the point that the kernels are formed. Besides looking like wheat, it's more insidious than that because darnel is actually a poisonous weed. And if you eat it, if you ingest it, it first intoxicates you and then uh, can become fatal. There were actually laws in this time, Roman laws, that um, prescribed a, a severe penalty uh, for neighbors who were going around sowing Darnell in their neighbors' uh, fields to try and sabotage their fields for whatever reason. There were laws on the books about this. But this Darnell is sown in among the wheat and disguised as wheat. And it's not just a weed, it's a poisonous weed that kills. Jesus tells us in no uncertain terms that this is precisely what is going to happen and what it will be like in our beautifully cared for field. So that we might be unhappy about it, we should be unhappy about it, I mean, there's nothing to be happy about, but we shouldn't be scandalized by it, and we certainly shouldn't be undone by it. In the parable, the servants, you know, incredulously ask, how did this happen? I mean, like, who did this? They asked to the landowner, the, 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 the farmer who owned the land. Certainly you wouldn't have sown Darnell, these poisonous weeds, into your own wheat field. And we might ask also, how can a good and powerful and wonderful, beautiful God allow in his beautiful world, in his glorious kingdom, in his safe and nurturing church, and even in this noble divine image of my heart, to be racked with poisonous weeds. This question plagues, traumatizes many people. If that's possible, they conclude, what's the use? This God's not the kind of God I thought he was all along. It's just a big joke. It's a ruse. What's the point of working so hard, fighting and running and buffeting, of dying? It's all like this. Well, the landowner responds to the question of the servant saying, very profound, actually, answer in the scriptures to this question that plagues all mankind. He says, an enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. Now, Jesus' answer does not completely solve all of our questions about this mystery of mixture in the world. But it does tell us, and that's important too, it does tell us that God, who is good, didn't do it. And that there is, in fact, a very real and personal enemy at work in the world. It tells us both those things. Well, the servants quite reasonably suggest that they should just go out there and yank up all the weeds, clean up the field, get rid of them. And landowner says, no, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that because you're going to damage the wheat if you do that. It's necessary for them to grow together. And then at the final harvest, at that time, the darnel will be gathered and tied together in bundles and burned up. 
and the wheat will be taken into my barn. Now, that doesn't explain everything either. <laughs> Why? Why can't we just go rip the, you know, well, he said it'll damage the wheat, okay. Why? Doesn't, it doesn't explain everything, right? This response from Christ. It doesn't explain everything. But it does tell us that God is good, and it tells us that God knows best, and it tells us that we must trust and obey him, and it tells us that in the end, everything will be resolved. That's what it tells us. My takeaway is, that's what's important. <laughs> because that's what it tells us. As an aside, sometimes, you know, I'm using this parable in some ways as a metaphor to describe the human heart, which is not, that's pushing the parable a little far. That's not the primary purpose of the parable. It's okay to understand it in that way. But in that case, you are to extract all the weeds out of your heart. <laughs> it's just collectively, they're not going to be removed. Basically, we've been warned. <laughs> we've been warned by our loving Savior. Now it's ours to trust him, to go on fighting the good fight of faith, believing that he will resolve all things in the end that he will bring this struggle, this fight, this race, to a good end. That there will be glory for those who faint not. He makes no provision. Christ never makes any provision for giving up because of a few poisonous weeds. There's no provision for it. We just have to cope and work around them and keep moving on. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.